Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and the Cache Celebration of Suffrage in cooperation with the Cache County School District and UPR, honoring the winning authors of the Suffrage Writing Contest, designed to help children and youth understand the struggle and hard work of many individuals who fought for their right to vote to be recognized. Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. To commemorate the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, Utah Public Radio and the Cache County School District, in partnership with the Cache Celebration of Women's Suffrage 2020 group, sponsored a writing contest for students in elementary, middle, and high school. Charlotte McConkie oversaw the contest for the Cash Celebration Group. She says one memorable aspect of this contest is that the student essays on women's suffrage came during a time of quarantine and dramatic changes in their school and community experience. These students took the time without being required to examine the courageous work of people from the past who were also confronted with the negative world consequences, uh, circumstances out of their control. Today on the program, we're going to talk with the three contest winners, elementary, middle school, and high school, Look at their perspectives on the past, present, and future. We'll hear each of the winning essays read by the authors. And we're going to talk with uh, two of the contest judges, Charlotte McConkie and Mary Hears. Uh, Charlotte McConkie, welcome to the program. Hi, Tom. Mm. Thanks. Good good to have you with us. Mary Hears, thanks for joining us. Sure. Good to be here. Uh, let me start with you, Charlotte McConkie. Uh, you're heavily involved in this contest. What, uh, what did the groups involved want to uh, have the kids get out of this? What was the goal? Yeah, I think um, certainly with our committee, we wanted to raise awareness um, for some of the privileges that we might take for granted. And, um, you know, uh, we've asked, we asked the children in this essay, what is something that's important to you? And there's a lot of things that are really important to us that sometimes we just forget about. So I think we just wanted to celebrate and uh, teach them a little bit about what it is that we're celebrating and who these people are and what they're doing. And as you said, that quote I quoted from you, you said that this came during a time of quarantine, dramatic changes in these kids' lives. Uh, so that, that's an interesting time to do do a contest like this, look to the past, people who have overcome hard things. That's right. And we, frankly, weren't even sure we were going to be able to pull it off. Uh, the school districts have been overwhelmed, I think, with, you know, transferring their learning and uh, to these online uh, systems. And so it was a complicated time, certainly. And, um, and it, I think there was a lot of reflection, uh, opportunity for reflection to see the challenges of the past when people were facing circumstances out of their control and what could they do. And for these students to say, okay, I'm looking at some things that are really challenging and I don't necessarily like this. Wow, I I can really appreciate some of the freedoms that I now am missing out on. And um, I think that helped them uh, to feel a little bit of what it was like to maybe be left out and to not get to be a part of uh, groups and, you know, well, Tom, I'd, I'd like to just give a little, uh, let some of the kids uh, uh, say just how surprised and how outraged they were to find out that uh, that women didn't always have the right to vote. 
I got a second here to read uh, three sentences. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just for a beginning, and almost like Star Wars, this lovely essay says, long, long ago, did you know that women didn't get to vote? (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, another girl said, if I was a woman that couldn't vote just because of my gender, I would have been furious. (laughs) And the other one that uh, is really sweet, if a woman voted, she would get arrested. This is called suffering. Mm. Men would think they were better than any other woman alive. And to me, that is really rude. Yeah, that's so uh, a lot of the kids, I imagine many of the kids would have been encountering this history uh, and and feeling those emotions for the first time. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. So we'll we'll, uh, get some of these as we go along. Mary here has been uh, combing through the essays uh, so before we go to, uh, we want to. Uh, I'm going to start with my interview with Sadie Gallup here coming up pretty quick. She's the elementary school uh, winner. Um, so it, interesting aspects of this, Charlotte McConkie, uh, during a time of uh, social distancing, quarantining, uh, the winners had a drive-by celebration. I understand. Well, actually, we ended up bringing it inside. We were in the uh, Logan City Council chambers. We were concerned about the weather, but we had to limit it to 20 people. It was just six hours before Utah went to yellow. And um, for a lot of us, it was our first kind of public event. Everyone was in face masks. We had Clorox wipes on the microphone. So you, the only person that took off their micro, their mask was the one that was speaking. And then you'd wipe off the, the microphone and hand it to the next person and uh, the kids came up wearing face masks to accept their uh, prizes, and um, it was it was really different. But it was also it was a real uh, positive thing to have happen uh, during this time. It was it was really unique, and I think quite unforgettable for all of us. Mm. Oh, I'm glad you're able to, to 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 do that. Yeah, it's we're kind of lifting restrictions a little bit. Uh, so before we go to my interview with Sadie Gallup, um, we, part of the prize, you know, kind of a small part of the prize, <laughs> um, the, the winning uh, essay uh, writers were able to come to UPR, and uh, we gave them a short tour of the station, gave them a little UPR swag, and uh, by that time we were on yellow, so we were able to meet face-to-face with face masks and, and, and such. So uh, what a joy to, to meet these three winners um, so let's jump in. Let's let's hear the winner for grades four through six, who's Sadie Gallup. She's a fifth grader at Canyon Elementary School. She's the daughter of Sherry and Jeremy Gallup. Her teacher is Brad Hawks. So had a short little conversation with Sadie Gallup, and we're, we're able to have her record her winning essay. Let's hear that now. I'm Sadie Gallup. I'm 11 years old, and I'm in fifth grade. All right, wonderful. Well, if you'd uh, please read your uh, your uh, award-winning essay for us. Women deserve equal rights. If you were a girl, how would you feel if you did not have the same rights as boys? In the late 1800s, people believed that women were good for cooking, cleaning, and taking care of children. Many believed they did not deserve the right to vote. Women disagreed and fought for equal rights. To begin, heroes are created for doing many things. Who was Sarah Young? She was a hero to women across the United States. She was the first woman to have the opportunity to vote in the United States. 
She was a 23-year-old school teacher from Salt Lake City, Utah. After years were spent with women fighting for the right to vote, she was finally given that opportunity in 1870. Her decision to stop and vote on her way to work that day impacted women for years to come. Even today, as I watched a video of women earning the right to vote, I felt empowered by her choice. Additionally, as I watched and listened to all the things many women did, including Sarah Young, to be able to finally vote, I imagined how hard it must have been for them. I could feel their frustration and anger. Why were women being treated differently than men? Why weren't we all just seen as people? It allowed me to empathize with black people who also had to fight for equal rights. Men thought women weren't capable of doing the same things as them, just as many people also believed black people weren't worthy or capable of doing such things. It made me feel sad, mad, and frustrated for all of them. I am grateful that today most people do believe that women and men, black or white, are just people and should be treated equally. Finally, if given the opportunity, I would love to meet Sarah Young and the other woman who fought so hard for me to have the right to vote when I turned 18. If I had been alive during that time, I think I would have been marching and protesting for equal rights, not only as a woman, but I would have been marching for equal rights for all people. I admire people like Martin Luther King and Alice Paul who never gave up on what they believe in, no matter the cost or how hard it was. I hope no matter what happens in my life, I will always stand up for what I believe is right. As you can see, heroes come in many forms. They don't always wear a cape, but they do leave a lasting impression on all those around them. I am grateful for all the women before me who sacrificed so much so that I can have the life I do as a young woman and future adult. I am grateful I can become anything I want to be, and there isn't anyone who can stop me. Wonderful. Uh, that's, that's a wonderful essay. Uh, so you... Um I, obviously, you, you learned some things through this, right? You, uh, w- what, what really stood out to you? Uh, obviously, uh, there, there was a central person that you featured in your essay that you learned about, right? Were there others that you learned about that really struck you? Um, Alice Paul, and Martin Luther King, I guess, but he wasn't really in women's rights. He was for. Um, equal rights for um, colored people. Yeah, and that, you made that connection, right? That the, yeah. the, the two fights were going on and the the rights for uh, African Americans, uh, that went on many years past, right? Yeah. Then you made a connection in your essay to you You sort of put yourself in the, in the place of, you know, in that, that era. You feel like you would have been fighting, marching, and... Yeah. Yeah. Um... Are, are there things you're concerned about today that you, you know, maybe could see yourself marching for or fighting for? Um, for kindness and mm-hmm. that everybody will be treated equally because mm-hmm. some people aren't, even today. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Do you feel like as a young person you have, you can have some influence? you feel like you have a voice? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess this is one example, right? The yeah. essay essay contest. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, what was what was this whole experience like? You you learned about quite a few people, right? Yeah. I guess uh, some of the stuff I'm guessing you didn't know beforehand. Um. Yeah, I didn't know that um, Sarah Young was the first woman to vote, and that she was from Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah, yeah. That's it's nice to have that history right here, right? Yeah. 
in, in Utah, yeah. Anything else you'd like to say about the essay contest or what you've been learning? Um, I thought it was good that, like, that it was a good um, point that I made that it said heroes don't always wear capes because heroes can be just a small person that does a really big thing and it makes a very big impact in the world. Yeah, that's very true, very true. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing your essay with us and, uh, and talk to us a little bit here. So that's uh, my interview from uh, last week with uh, Sadie Gallup, who's the winner for uh, grades four through six, and a little conversation. Uh, we heard her essay there as well. Uh, Mary Harris, I, I know, and, and Sadie Gallup uh, emphasized this, I, I know from talking to you that about this essay that uh, that's an, a line that impressed you as well. Heroes don't always wear capes, right? But I think, you know, what struck me as I was combing through all 38 essays is uh, people hadn't heard about Alice Paul, uh, who was a suffragette who got arrested and was sent to jail and went on a hunger strike. Uh, It turns out she was force-fed raw eggs, and uh, this seemed to grab just about everyone's attention. Uh, one, One student said, uh, she was force-fed raw eggs through a tube. Gross, I thought, but I was intrigued. What was so important to her that she would endure raw egg treatment? She and the others endured this to get the word out there and have other women join their fight. It made me want to join. Uh, on the other hand, there was a young man who said, the story of the woman who had to get fed through a tube, had to eat raw eggs, and she was put in jail, that would be very hard to go through. I would never want to do that. It would be way too hard for me. I could never do that. So it really kind of struck a chord uh, with all the kids learning about Alice Paul. Mm. Yes, uh, Charlotte McConkie, this is uh, the the, the uh, young people were responding to a, a video, at least in part. This this was what everybody saw, right? That's right. We didn't want to just pose a question or give teachers an assignment of something to teach. We wanted them to see historical pictures. So they were shown about a nine-minute video that had historical photographs, um, postcards. Um, Sometimes it showed pictures of newspaper articles. And uh, I learned a lot, and I think it was pretty impactful for these kids to see pictures, for example, of Alice Paul Find bars in a prison wearing striped clothing, and then pictures of the women in front, you know, holding up huge banners saying, you know, you can't treat us like criminals. And and finding that account of her eating that raw egg, when I found that, I just thought, oh, this is what we need. This is this is real. This is this is what suffrage tastes like. This is this is what you know, standing up for this. This is really, this is a real consequence, and um, I, I, it really did. It, the kids the kids remembered it. Yeah, it sounds like it. many of them mentioned it, right? It had a real impact on them. Um, what is your hope? Uh, I'll ask this of Charlotte McConkie and, and Mary Hears. What, what's your hope that the, uh, I guess, obviously, A, that the, the, that the young people make this connection, that this the right had to be fought for, but then, you know, pivoting, 
you know, they'll treasure it and use it going forward, I suppose. Yeah, I think that kids can see that, that things can change and they can be overcome. You know, Alice Paul was in prison, but then she came out of prison and she kept working and things did change and the 19th Amendment did pass. And then she kept on, you know, working for uh, universal voting suffrage. And I think it helps kids see that, yeah, we can be resilient and we can see a problem, face opposition, and work together and and make a change for the better in the world. What do you think, Mary Harris, I guess appreciating the past, appreciating their struggle, and then hopefully treasuring this right going forward, right? Right. You know, I think uh, what I really loved about uh, the essays is a lot of them ended with a call to action for people to stand up for what they believe. Maybe I'll just read this one sentence. Uh, so, uh, we should be eternally grateful for the sacrifices these women made. So what will you do? Uh, will you fix the problems like the women of 1920s, or will you forget about them and not do anything? It's your choice, so go out and make a difference. Mm. That was one of our uh, essay writers just issuing a call to action by the time she finished her essay. Yeah, that was, and you say several of them had uh, issued a call to action at the end. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we will uh, we'll have a little more conversation, of course, with uh, our guests for the hour, Charlotte McConkie and Mary Hears. And in the next segment, we're going to hear uh, the essay from Grant Richardson, a little conversation I had from him as well from last week. He's the middle school winner. Later in the program, we'll hear from Jenna Campbell, who's a junior at Ridgeline High School. She's the high school competition winner. More following this break. Support for Project Resilience programming on Utah Public Radio is brought to you in part by our members and USU Center for Persons with Disabilities, working to create healthy, inclusive communities through innovative research, service, technical assistance, and education. Information at cpd.usu.edu. Support also comes from Utah State University, celebrating the authors of the Voting Rights as of the Voting Rights Writing Contest during this Year of the Woman that acknowledges signature voting benchmarks. 150 years of Utah women voting, 100 years of national suffrage, and 55 years of the Voting Rights Act of 1965. You may have heard Utah Public Radio and Bridgerland Audubon Society are presenting the Grow Native for Birds Bookmark Art Contest. All of Utah's wild birds rely on native plants in the wild and in our parks and gardens. This art contest is celebrating that beauty. The winning design will be printed on an educational bookmark that will be distributed to Utah libraries, local fourth graders, and online available for you to download. For all of the details, go to upr.org. Hi, this is Dennis Hinkamp. I listen to UPR on my smart device, Alexa, when I'm at home, in a car at 91.5. And when I travel, I just open up my computer to upr.org and listen to live streaming. Thanks for listening to Access Utime. Tom Williams. To commemorate the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, Utah Public Radio, the Cache County School District, and the Cache Celebration of Women's Suffrage 2020 sponsored a writing contest for students in elementary, middle, and high school. And today on the program, we're talking with the three contest winners. Had an opportunity to record with them last week. 
to get their perspectives, these young people, on past, present, and future. We're hearing uh, each of the winning essays read by the authors, and we're talking with two of the contest judges, uh, Charlotte McConkie and, and Mary Hears. Uh, Charlotte McConkie, some 50 or so essays submitted? That's right. Uh, what was it in aggregate, in total? What was um, what impressed you? What what stood out to you? Um, you know, we asked a lot of questions. We asked students, "Is there anything you should think should change today? Would you have marched in a suffrage parade? What would it have been like to be there? And what consequences can come to someone even when they lawfully speak out?" And um, I felt like, um, it, it honestly felt like it was eye-opening for the students. The video started that showed a scene of a woman stump-speaking, surrounded by, you know, maybe 500 men, and one woman standing up the, in the center of black and white. And I think that that image really caught on to kids, and they really tried to think, would I do that? Would I stand up on my own? Being different from everyone else, what is important enough for, to me so that I would do that? And and kids just said, yes, I would do that. And um, there are things, like uh, Jenna mentioned, kindness. Um, there are things that are really important to kids, and I, I think it was it was good for them to, to, to say, yes, I can be courageous, too. Mm. Mary Harris, same question. Yes, go ahead. Oh, I'm just going to throw in a lovely example from one of the essays. Um, the student uh, was from one of our middle schools, uh, said in February 2018, I lived in Salt Lake City and attended Mid- Midville Middle School. I was part of a school shooting protest then because I wanted to make my voice heard, and I still do. Although I was only 11 years old, I knew if you just let your voice out, Soon, people will share your beliefs and will be standing with you. So this is um, something I think I learned from reading the student essays. When they got through the surprise and indignation about learning about the past, most of them were pretty inspired to get out and make a difference. Yeah, that's that's very helpful, isn't it? Yeah, making that connection. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's jump into our uh, next uh, winner. This is a middle school winner, uh, Grant Richardson. He's the son of Lene and Brian Richardson. He attends North Cash Middle School. He viewed the video in Ms. Laurie Robinson's history class. I was able to talk with him, uh, last week when he came to the UPR studios. Uh, first of all, uh, say your name, your age, your grade. My name is Grant Richardson. I turned 14 on May 1st and I am an eighth grader. All right. And uh, you won the, the uh, section for middle school. I did. All right. Well, congratulations. Thank you. That's wonderful. Uh, well, read your essay for us, if you would. In 1920, the 19th Amendment finally gave women the right to vote. I already knew a little bit about women's suffrage, but I was still very surprised by the new information that came from the video. My biggest surprise was the great length that some courageous people went for their right to vote. One of these extreme measures was going on a hunger strike. The most common way to go on a strike would be to stop working until your wages went up. In this case, however, a hunger strike meant to stop eating while in captivity or jail until a wrong has been righted. Alice Paul, along with other suffragists, protested by being silent sentinels. This means that all of their protests were strong but silent and peaceful. Even though they caused no harm, they were still sent to a jail. There, Alice Paul started a hunger strike. 
During this, she was transferred to a psychiatric unit because they thought she was crazy for going to such lengths. There, she was force-fed raw eggs through a tube in order to avoid possible death. This made me wonder, did other women go through the same thing to help their cause? In further research, I found out they have. If women went into a hunger strike, she would most likely be force-fed a mixture of bread and water by a tube going up her nose, down her throat, and into her stomach. The main purpose of Alice Paul's hunger strike was to bring to attention the horrible conditions at the prison. She wanted people to know that just because of peaceful protesting, she was being treated just like a criminal. She committed no crime. She just wanted to have a vote and voice in the nation. Another person that intrigued me during this era was a woman named Elizabeth Cady Stanton. In 1840, at age 25, she was nominated for the World Anti-Slavery Convention in London. However, as she arrived, she was told that the male delegates had voted not to allow women to participate in the event. She and others had to sit in a roped-off section where they could not be seen or heard. This was sad for Elizabeth, and she later wrote, My experience at the World Anti-Slavery Convention, all I had read of the legal status of women and the oppression I saw everywhere together swept across my soul, intensified now by my personal experiences. It seemed as if all the elements conspired me to compel to some honored step. I could not see what to do or where to begin. My only thought was a public meaning for protest and discussion. Many people at this time had wanted to speak up, but she was one of the first to truly act on it. In 1848, she put together the first women's rights convention in New York. One convention was held. Women all over the country started meeting together to brainstorm ideas on how to convince the public to help their cause. These ideas included parades, speaking tours, and petitions. Fueled by one person's courage to speak out, the whole country became more united in protest. This showed me that everyone's thoughts counts. Big or small, everyone can do something. A man that was inspiring to me during this era went by the name of Harry Byrne. He was only 24 years old at the time and was the youngest member of the Tennessee legislature during the passing of the 19th Amendment. For an amendment to be passed, it needs to be ratified by two-thirds of the states. The last state needed to ratify the new amendment was Tennessee. However, Tennessee was deadlocked in a tie. As the legislator voted again the next day to break the tie, something extraordinary happened. Harry Byrne came intending to vote no to the amendment, but paused to read a note from his mother before the vote. It read, Dear son, hooray for the vote for suffrage. They voted again, and this time under immense pressure, he said yes. Due to the courage of one man, Harry Byrne, about 26 million women were suddenly able to vote in the election of 1920 and from then on. I just loved hearing these stories and learning what brave individuals did to change the Constitution for better. It's amazing to think that these people weren't heroes. They were just ordinary people wanting to make a difference. It's also encouraging to know that the things that aren't right in the world don't have to stay that way. Their example doesn't have to be a thing of the past. We can be courageous today, and together we can change the world for the better. All right. Uh, yeah, great essay. Um, so, again, congratulations. What um, you wrote in your essay, some things that really stood out to you, right? That you, did, you, did you know some of these things before going in or did you learn some of these I, things? I didn't know much about this women's suffrage event. The only thing I had really heard of was going on a hunger strike. And it was just something that I briefly remembered. And that's what I did the most further research on was just trying to discover what these people really went to these lengths. Yeah. So you, you did some further research. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what was that like? It was it was interesting to see that it was interesting to see the whole stockpile of information that this wasn't just some small event that there were countless stories and countless other events that happened through this time and all that people had done. Yeah. You recount the story of uh, what was his name Harry Byrne mm -hmm. who had that that note from his mother, right? <laughs> That's quite the story, isn't it? Yeah, and this was uh 
this was Tennessee, right, where where the 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 amendment was finally, yeah, was finally te- ratified. Yeah, the Tennessee legislator. Uh, and a very close vote, I understand. At the end of your essay, you talk about it's, you know, change happens when ordinary people want it and work for it. Do you, you believe that? You, I definitely believe that. And this, it you normally think, oh, these are a bunch of huge, courageous people but they're just a part of our everyday lives. We're all people, and we can all make a change just like these people did. Yeah. I don't know if you've given much thought, but maybe especially studying these things, if the if that amendment had never passed. I mean, when you, when you get a little older, you could vote, but your mom couldn't vote, your sisters couldn't vote, right? Yeah. I don't know if you've thought about that. I haven't much, but that's crazy thing to think about, that our country could be divided just by gender yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Are are there uh, are there things you're concerned about that maybe you you've been inspired by this history to maybe go out and try to change? Um yeah, just segregation's been on my mind and I as I was doing further research, I learned about like the Jim Crow laws when people are being segregated because of their looks and nowadays with the differences in school just because of their socioeconomic status and it's just a lot of segregation is what's it about just that's what's on my mind yeah yeah that's good good to, to investigate that history too right and mm-hmm. we have some of those same problems today so a lot of things you can work on right definitely <laughs> you think you have an effect as a young person um well, when I was first thinking about writing this essay, I didn't think much of about it. But when I thought about it more, just how everyone can make a change, and maybe if I could share this with someone, maybe they'd be more interested, and they'd tell someone. And it just started chain reaction of events, all starting with just one small act that only took a few hours to write. Yeah. Well, great. Well, uh, again, congratulations. Thank you. It's wonderful to, to win the contest. Um and uh, we will uh, we'll, uh, look, look for good things for you down the road. So that's uh, the essay and my conversation with uh, Grant Richardson. He's the middle school winner. Uh, you know, one thing that Charlotte McConkie st- stands out to me in this, these interviews, and I'm listening to them again, uh, these are impressive young people. It uh, gives, you, gives you hope about the, the next generation. Oh, it certainly does. Just well-spoken and thoughtful and... Uh really well-prepared, really impressive young people. Uh, one thing that stood out to me from his uh, from Grant's essay, he says, the things that aren't right in the world don't have to stay that way. That's, that was uh, something that stood out to him, and uh, it sounds like he's, you know, he's going to work to right wrongs in, in his world as well. Yeah, I, I really like the idea of not just being uh, disillusioned by things or angry about them, but becoming aware of them and looking around and saying, what are people doing about this? And what can I do about this? It's just, it's a different way to look at life and, a, and to be a problem solver. It's just, it's uh, really exciting to hear people talk like that. Mary Harris, um, uh, I think many of these essays, at least the, the, the three, obviously, that I, uh, essay writers that I talked to, uh, connected the, the women's suffrage to the civil rights uh, struggle. That that was, and that's a good connection to make, I think. Oh yes, you know, uh, I think uh, because I have it right here in front of me that one of the things that I just loved 
was one of the uh, students got so swept up in the history that she actually imagined getting into one of the parades. So she just writes this wonderful opening uh, after reading about the parades for the suffragettes. She says, it was parade day and I was late. Out the window I could see hundreds of women lining the street, walking, moving so slowly that everybody knew what they were fighting for chanting and singing, singing. I ran to catch up with them, banners flapping in the cool spring air. I knew this was my fight. So, uh, you know, just how history can actually sweep you off your feet. Yeah, and that's the best, isn't it? <laughs> when history can yeah. do that yeah, and actually make an effect. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, uh, any others? I know you've been uh, sampling the essays Mary hears. Anything else stand out to you? You know, I think one of the other images from the history of the movement was um, a photograph of a woman holding up a broom. Uh, it had a flag on it, uh, but she was part of the movement. And But the reflection on, on this woman holding a, uh, a broom, uh, one of the young men says, Why is she not smiling? I felt like it meant that women should just clean, and that their, and that was their freedom, and she did not like it that she really didn't have a choice and wasn't heard. So this image really provoked a sense of indignation that women shouldn't just be given brooms and told to sweep. Mm. By the way, I'll, I'll direct this to Mary Harris first, but um, were there differences in essays between the, the boys and the girls? Um, not unless uh, they made a point of it. I think... Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ones that leapt out at me was um, a young boy who identified himself as when I watched the video at the beginning of the essay, he says, I really didn't care because I was a boy. But by the end of his story, he said, it helped me learn that women had uh, promoting suffrage had to endure suffering. It is important that women did this so others can have the courage to stand out and be brave. In the video, boys didn't care, so women had to suffer. As a boy, I should care. So it definitely ch- changed his whole outlook. Yeah, that's and that's what you hope, I would imagine, right? Um, right. Yeah, uh, Charlotte McConkie, from your perspective, any any differences stand out between the essays from the, from the young men versus the young women? Well, we the essays were all... Um, we didn't know who had written them. Okay. So we didn't know if it was a, a, a male or female student, unless, as Mary Harris said, they made a point of mentioning that. So I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> Except for that example, it's how many students, how many male students even participated. So it's a great question. Yeah, and that's probably the best way to, to do that, especially the judging, right? Yeah. Um. Uh, let's see, let's take another break. When we come back, we will have some more conversation and uh, we will uh, hear in the uh, the last segment of the program uh, from our high school winner, who's Jenna Campbell, junior at Ridgeline High School in uh, Cache Valley. We're talking with uh, two of the contest judges, uh, Charlotte McCaukey and Mary Hears, uh, and it's a uh, women's suffrage, uh, women's voting rights essay contest for elementary um, middle school and high school, and we're hearing from the winners. We'll have more following this. 
Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and the cash celebration of suffrage, celebrating the diligence of those seeking to have their right to vote recognized in Utah in 1870, across the nation in 1920, and in the Voting Rights Act of 1965. 2020 is a moment in time to recognize these events and remind us of our rights and responsibilities of citizens to vote. A limited number of tickets are available now for Riders in the Woods book signing and presentation by artists in the beautiful surrounding of northern Utah's natural settings. In July, writer Nicole Walker will share her collections, The After Normal, Brief Alphabetical Essays on a Changing Planet, and A Love Story at the Stewart Farm in Hyde Park. Join Utah Public Radio and Stokes Nature Center in July for Riders in the Woods. Ticket information at upr.org. On the next Radio Lab. Amazing piece of biological detective work. Two great mysteries of nature. Embryonic eels boiling out of the earth. Daily scenes of cannibalism. Solved. Teeny little animal with an enormous <laughs> bubble as hot as the sun. Something that has tormented men of science since Aristotle. Oh yeah, okay. That's on the next Radio Lab. This morning at 10 o'clock on Utah Public Radio. Thanks for listening to Access U Time, Tom Williams. To commemorate the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, Utah Public Radio and the Cache County School District, in partnership with the Cache Celebration of Women's Suffrage 2020 group, sponsored a writing contest for students in elementary, middle, and high school. We're hearing the winning essays uh, on the program today. We're talking with two of the contest judges, Charlotte McConkie and uh, Mary Hears. Uh, so before we go to our high school winner, who is Jenna Campbell, um, Charlotte McConkie, I think the video referenced uh, three major voting rights victories. Of course, 1920, passage of the 19th Amendment, women's suffrage. 1965, which, of course, the Civil Rights uh, Act. Uh, 1870 was the uh, Utah's first, uh, first to vote in, in the nation, right? That's right. Uh, and and uh, Seraph Young, uh, as uh, and our, our uh, elementary school winner, Sadie Gallup, was very uh, impressed by Sadie, by uh, Seraph Young, who... I guess on her way to work uh, was became the first woman to vote. Yeah, she was a school teacher, 23 years old, and um, we included some billboard, a billboard picture in our video presentation that uh, had an illustration of Sarah Young voting. And you know, then from that point on, she just kind of disappears and lives a regular life. We don't, you know, she didn't rise to be a senator or a legislator. She just uh, was doing her civic duty, but really made history for our nation. The first woman in any state of uh, the United States to vote. And then uh, the right to vote for women in Utah was taken away, so, you know, as part of an anti-polygamy legislation. Uh, I guess an illustration that uh, these rights can be fragile. You have to be vigilant. That's right, uh, and that's another uh, good message that you just can't take things for granted, and um, sometimes people in power can get some different agendas going on, and it, it did. It took a, it took a while, uh, but when Utah became a state in uh, 1896, I think is right, um, our Constitution had women's suffrage written right into it, and so we became the third state that uh, had the constitutional right for women to vote, and uh, so that was that was a great. Utah has led the way; it really has. 
Uh, Mary Hughes, um, I, I know you. I know you have some stories. We've talked about this <laughs> about how to illustrate the point that the fight's not over, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, just to share, um, you know, women still uh, bump into glass ceilings. Uh, in my own experience, when I wanted to play the trumpet, I was told by uh, my family that women didn't play brass instruments. It wasn't seemly. And so, of course, I had a choice between the flute and the clarinet. Uh, but even more to my dismay, when I got to college, I found out that the marching band was just for men. Uh, and I remember telling my daughter, who was in the marching band at this point in her high school days, and she looked at me in disbelief and said, in the United States? <laughs> so uh, even though these, these, uh, the suffragette fight was uh, awesome, uh, it's definitely not over. Yeah, it, it, it's certainly true, and, and I'm I'm grateful that the young people recognize this. So many of them put this in in their in their essays that we, the fight continues. If I could read just one more thing, because it's very important that we emphasize this that uh, that women's the fight for women's right to vote really was a fight. I mean, people had to to uh, get out there and and fight for it. As one of these students put it really clearly. They did not get the 19th Amendment staying at home, cooking meals, and staying quiet. They did not stick to the status quo and being subservient to men and did something to show their value. So fighting words from one of our students. Yeah, that's that's good. That's encouraging, isn't it, to hear that from young people? Yeah. Uh, well, let's... Um... So uh, just before we go to this, uh, the, to hear from our high school winner, Jenna Campbell, uh, Charlotte McConkie, I'm, I'm curious, uh, I'm guessing this was uh, not an easy decision, 50 uh, entrants and, uh, and, and a lot of good ones, I, I would imagine. Oh, my goodness. They were fantastic essays. And uh, we had a wonderful panel of judges. Um, we had Sarah Colebrook and Carrie Bringhurst, of course, from UPR, Mary, uh, Melody Growlitz, Mayor Sheridan Flint. We wanted to have a woman in office <laughs> participate in our judging panel. Myself and Joyce Kincaid, and these are um, professional women, educated women. Uh, of course, Joyce Kincaid is a distinguished professor at Utah State University, and uh, she helped organized the essays and set us up in teams and we read and discussed and discussed some more and um, it was it was it was neat to see how seriously these women took this project of reading and scoring these essays and were very thoughtful about it and it was it was a great experience to be a part of. Well, let's hear my um, conversation with Jenna Campbell and we'll hear her uh, winning essay in the, in the high school division. Uh, she's a junior at Ridgeline High School. She's the daughter of Hillary and Adam Campbell. Uh, and uh, she found the essay competition herself, uh, the materials say, but uh, AP teachers in English history and history, Phil Wade and uh, Julie Major, served as mentors. Here's my conversation from last week with Jenna Campbell. I'm Jenna Campbell, and I'm a junior at Ridgeline High School. Uh, so let's hear your award-winning essay. Throughout history, women have frequently been regulated to a supporting role. Many historians have noted the lack of women throughout the story of humanity. 
there seems to have been an abundance of critically important men turning the wheels of civilization, the Caesars, Gutenbergs, Columbuses, and Einsteins of the world. However, for making up half of the global population, women seem to have a remarkably minuscule role in the development of the world as we know it. For thousands of years, the voices of decisive women have all but been silenced completely. One needs to look no further for examples of the suppressed role of women than many famous works of literature, such as the novel Frankenstein. In the book, it is clear that women are almost entirely the property of men in their lives. For example, a female character is given to another character as a pretty present, as if she were nothing but an unfeeling object. This instance clearly demonstrates the perceived inferiority of women, apparently incapable of taking care of themselves. Likewise, women often had unrealistic and confining expectations of their behavior, desires, and interests forced upon them. However, women have not always accepted the expectation of their carefully controlled existence. This year marks the centennial celebration of the passage of the 19th Amendment, which granted women the right to vote in the United States. Women's suffrage was the result of generations of women steadfastly pushing for equality. However, despite the efforts of these valiant women, the fight for both universal suffrage and equal rights is not over. Historically, the Seneca Falls Convention of 1848 is credited with beginning the women's suffrage movement in the United States, but few realize how truly significant the event was. At the time, America adhered to the global characterization of women. A woman was expected to be quiet, obedient, and contentedly focused on her home as her sole sphere of influence. The men would be the ones to handle politics and other important matters. Women were viewed as too fragile to manage. Despite this, the convention controversially proclaimed in the famous Declaration of Sentiments that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men and women are created equal, and demanded that women be granted the right to vote. While the 19th Amendment wouldn't be signed and ratified for another 70 years, this historic convention was a key event as it marked the beginning of the struggle for equality. In the years after the Seneca Falls Convention, prominent leaders rose up as a voice for the millions of women that had previously been silenced. Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Susan B. Anthony, Alice Paul, and others courageously led the charge. The fight for women's suffrage was called a fight for a reason, however. Suffragists were rejected, persecuted, and ignored at nearly every step of the way. However, these unflinching women refused to back down, realizing that the cost was overwhelmingly outweighed by the potential reward. The suffragists endured open attack, ridicule, and other hardships, but decades of effort and protest would come to fruition on August 18, 1920, when the 19th Amendment was passed. Women across the nation celebrated but realized that their work was far from finished. By 1923, Alice Paul, a militant suffragist, pushed for the passage of an Equal Rights Amendment to the Constitution, realizing that having the vote did not necessarily mean equality for all. Yet this critical proposed amendment was brushed aside as it was considered to be too radical. Consequently, women gained suffrage an essential step but failed to achieve their true objective, equal rights for every American citizen. For the last century, women have been in a constant struggle to achieve equality. While the nation is presently closer than it has ever been before to the completion of this goal, there remain many obstacles to overcome. Many movements have developed throughout the last 100 years as women labor to be recognized for their contributions and to be adequately represented. The recent Me Too movement and women's marches have emerged as a direct consequence of the failure of society to give women the acknowledgement they deserve. Therefore, the continuation for, of the fight for equality is very much a cause worth standing up for. Very good. Thanks for, for reading that for us. Appreciate that. Uh, it's wonderful. Um, so... 
imagine you learned something during this process. You probably would have known some of this history, not all of it. Um, I have actually taken a couple of AP history classes, so I had heard much of this before. I think it was a good reminder, though, of all that the women's suffragists went through to gain the right to vote. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's some fascinating stories there. What, uh, who stood out to you the most, do you think? I would say Alice Paul, just mm-hmm. because she realized that getting the right to vote didn't mean equality for all. Um, in the video, it actually stated that only, it was mostly white women that were able to vote. Like African-American women were not allowed to participate in their parades and they weren't granted the right to vote until the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And you, you do link in your essay uh, women's suffrage and civil rights. Mm-hmm. The civil rights fight went on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how much you feel to, to, to learn or read about the attitudes toward women. Uh, you know, women too fragile. Yeah. Women are too emotional. You know, the, the, the very word hysteria is, <laughs> could be a pejorative uh, word. How does that make you feel as a modern young woman? Um, I think it's just very interesting how they just weren't allowed to vote because they're like, oh, you're too emotional. You don't understand politics. And I think it's very important that people understand that, you know, we can think um, and we can make informed decisions just like the men can. And (laughs) um, so obviously it's very good that we're able to vote just because we should all be equal. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, in the U.S., you said the fight's not over. It's not. Um, we have made a lot of progress, but obviously in many places in the world, women still don't have equal rights. And arguably in some places in the United States, some people still don't view women as equals. Uh, so you mentioned uh, a couple of ongoing struggles, uh, Me Too, women's marches. What would you say about that? Do you see a continuation from what you've been studying, what you wrote about there to today? Yeah, um, I would definitely say there's a continuation just because people realize that the fight is not over and we are, while we need to be equal, not everyone recognizes us as equal partners. Um, So I think it's really cool that women are still fighting for complete equality. Do uh, Do you feel like you have influence as a young person? I do. Um, I think one of my passions is getting youth involved in different activities, mostly service. But I think that youth can have a big impact on everything. And we are the next generation. So anything that we do um, will carry on through the future. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, do you think about any of these heroes as you, you know, you go about your day and face struggles and the, the things you want to accomplish? Do you do you think back on some of these women who went before? Yeah, I do. They did really challenging things. And at the time, it was all unprecedented. You know, they um, there was a lot of courage that they had to be able to do all these things. Um, and yeah, it really was a new thing for them. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, we very much appreciate you coming in and reading your essay for us. Thank you. And congratulations. Thank you. So there is the high school winner, Jenna Campbell, and uh, we have just about uh, oh two minutes left. Uh, so about a, about a minute uh, each. We'll start with Charlotte McConkie. Uh, any last words you'd like to say about the contest? Yeah, 
I really liked how Jenna mentioned in her essay that women were considered too fragile. Just last night I was reading an article talking about the fragile generation and sometimes how parents can overprotect their children from having hard challenges. I just think, for me, it's really important. And, and this, this essay, being a part of this, uh, has really nailed home this point to me that parents need to be talking to their children about the issues that are going on, they need to be talking to their children about these entire uh, population, subpopulation in our country of immigrants or refugees, how continuing to bring awareness of things that, that of causes that are needed, that they need help in. Uh, there's a slide in the video that showed a woman dressed as Columbia. They hired an actor, and she was, like, of course, the Statue of Liberty, calling women to see the Great Crusade. And really, those women are still calling to all of us to still be a part of making a change. Uh, Dr. Martha Hughes Cannon, our first female state senator, said, you give me a woman who thinks about something besides cook stoves and wash tubs and baby flannels, and I'll show you nine times out of, a ten, out of ten a successful mother. And I just think you, you get a generation of, of parents and students who are thinking about things other than their classes or their sports, and you're going to get a generation of people who are helping to make the, our country and our world a better place. And, and I, I really feel like um, it, it was a great experience. Wonderful. Well, about 20 seconds, Mary Hears, for the last word. What's, what's your takeaway? Uh, just that once you know this history, it's important to pass it on so it will always be remembered. Like the amazement of one student who said, she was fed raw eggs through a tube. Yep, that's right, a tube. You know, this amazement at history... Uh, but the need, once you know it, to pass it on. And uh, the final comment of a woman, uh, one of the women uh, that was writing an essay, mothers everywhere should tell their children about women like Alice and Elizabeth Stanton. So the fight will be remembered forever. Well, that's wonderful. Great place to leave it. Mary, here is Charlotte McCockey. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tom, for your you, support. You bet. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. This is Utah Public Radio, a statewide member-supported service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSU FM Logan, and UPR.org.